welcome to 81 Points, where we talk about all things Lakers, hosted by two guys named Chris. Welcome back to another episode of 81 Points, the show about the uh, franchise that just keeps producing storyline after storyline, no matter what what time time of the year it is. The Lakers are always in the news. Yeah, you know, um, we're, we're, we're at, what, game six of the NBA Finals? Um, yeah. And yet, what is dominating the headlines? You know, we're sounding kind of a bit like a broken record, but, you know, that's 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 what the Lakers are, right? It's just, it, it captures all the headlines all the time. And even though this is probably one of the better finals we've seen in a long while, in my opinion. Um, Any non- Cleveland Cavaliers, Golden State Warriors <laughs> finals is right. a welcome sight. Um, I mean, I, I mean the three-one comeback from the cat with the Cavs, that was a great, great series, obviously. Um, but this series in particular, I mean, I've, I, I've really got no dog in the fight. Um, yes, I just have so much enjoyment seeing the Warriors lose, but at the end of the day, I don't really care. You know, um, yeah, okay. and yet it's been really entertaining. Yeah, so there's a lot to get to. Obviously, yeah. it's been a while since we recorded. Uh, I did want to start this podcast off with a uh, trivia question. Oh, okay. Not even a basketball-related trivia question. This is a movie trivia question. Okay, and you're, you're going to understand why I'm asking you this. Wow. So the question is this: What do these three movies have in common? <clears throat> Kill Bill, Goodfellas, Fight Club. Three of the better movies that have come out in recent years. Sure, sure. Can you tell me what the common thread okay, say that between again. these three movies are? Kill Bill. Kill Bill. All right. Kill Bill Volume 1 in particular. Okay. Goodfellas. Goodfellas. And Fight Club. Fight Club. Um, I don't know. It's a good. I mean, there's a commonality between all three of those, huh? Yeah. The uh, all right. I'll just give you the answer. Yeah. So the answer is that all three of these movies, they open in like the middle of the movie. There's like those movies that open in like the middle of the plot line. It's not a linear. Oh. You know, e- each movie there's an opening sure. scene, and the sure. opening scene is like <clears throat> towards the middle or towards the end. Okay. Of yeah, the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a common, you know, uh, film device, I guess. Sure. For I think uh, the movie Dunkirk, way. a recent movie Dunkirk, Nolan's Dunkirk, actually does that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So I wanted to, in that in that spirit, I wanted to start today's podcast with uh, Kevin Durant's recent Instagram post mm-hmm. that came out today. So in case you this came ha- out today, yeah, it came out today. Okay. So in case you've been uh, living under a sports rock for the past week, past couple of days, it was uh, reported today that Kevin Durant had successful surgery on what we now know is a ruptured Achilles tendon, and this has been kind of assumed by many as soon as that injury happened, uh, back in Game Five a couple of days ago. Yeah, so- and he's been. He hasn't been 100%, obviously. He's been out yeah. for a month with uh, what they're calling a calf injury. Um, right. It's all, it's all kind of related. But today he uh, 
posted on Instagram that, you know, his road to recovery starts now. He said all the positive things. He's rooting for his guys. Um, but I wanted to start with Kevin Durant's injury because the moment that he went down in game five, I got the sense that this is one of those like holy shit moments in NBA history where everything kind of changes now. There's huge implications, not only for this current right. NBA final <laughs> series, but beyond after that because right. going into the summer this huge summer free agency he was regarded as the biggest fish out there mm-hmm. now he has a ruptured achilles which laker fans i don't got to tell you <laughs> the you know the consequences of that right uh he's gonna be out for a full year i'm thinking right so all of next season is out the window for kd yeah, because you know this, the timing of it is very unfortunate too. You know, on the on the verge of free agency for him, right? And but also like a lot finals. of yeah, but also a lot of players in the past that have uh, ruptured their Achilles. You know, they've done it during the season. You know, even Kobe's was towards the end of the season, but you know, it's still a, a full like month and a half or so before the playoffs. Um, before this point in the playoffs, yeah, right. So Kevin Durant's like deep. Like deep in the, you know, this seat, this final part of the season, uh, we're only two games away from finishing tops, right? Finishing this season, so the timing has been just brutal. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of speculation on how his injury came to be. Me personally, my initial impression with the injury was that this is a case of gross mismanagement on the part of the Golden State Warriors front office. No matter how you look at it, no matter if, you know, that there's theories that the the franchise kind of forced him to play or that he forced himself to play. Either way you look at it, I feel like this is a damaging piece against this front office. Huge black guy. A huge black guy to a front office that up until this point has done everything right in the eyes oh, everything of, was of coming the public. Up, everything was coming up roses. And uh, to see your star player, you know, go re-injure something that was already bothering him uh, pretty, you know, 12 minutes into the game or, uh, you know, tw- he played the first uh, 12 of the first 14 minutes of that game five. Which he was... <laughs> I mean, he was tearing it up again, as usual. He was tearing it up, but, you know, at the same time, you can tell that he wasn't 100%, Clearly, right? clearly. I mean, clearly, he's like, he was, like, was limping around the court. Yeah, he wasn't going, he wasn't full board in that game, but he was still, I think he scored, like, 11 points in his 12 minutes or something like yeah. that. But, you know, it came at a huge cost to the Warriors, but an even greater cost to Kevin Durant. So, how do you feel about the Warriors... Uh, giving him the green light to come back and play for game five? Well, <clears throat> it's kind of like one of those things, you know, if you've, and, you know, we'd like to, we'd like to equate this with life, you know, analogies and, and, you know, parallels, right? But it's basically like this, you know, um, if you've worked for a little bit, you'll know this, that, if there's something that's placed um, under your watch, under your purview, like if there's an assignment or a project that you need to get done at work, mm-hmm. um, and that project 
slips through the cracks or it does not it fails in some way more often than not if that if that project fails no matter how good the excuse is no more often than not you'll bear the consequences you will you will bear full responsibility for it you know what i mean and like whether that's fair or not like you'll like that that has an effect on your performance your overall grade in terms of like how you know whether you're going to get a promotion or not like that's just kind of how unfair life is but that's how life is you know and in that sense i don't necessarily know right we don't know the full details of whether the front management should be blamed for this or if they truly are like if they you know forced or pushed strongly pushed uh kd in a certain way we don't i guess we don't know that yet but regardless of that i think you still have to put the blame on them because what happened was their star player kevin durant was injured under their watch you know what i mean they're your 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 responsibility as, as a front office is protect your player at all costs it, it, that's full stop there like the goal is to always win a championship obviously but if your main objective is also not to if, if it's not to like protect your players and make sure that they're 100 percent healthy um mentally physically emotionally all that stuff like if you're not doing that then that's a huge huge thing among the around the league like this is not even just a player in their world right exactly organization either it's like right they're you know one of their it's, prize well it's the crown jewel of one of the the players in this whole league you know yeah um so in that sense for me it, it almost doesn't matter it almost doesn't matter whether uh who bears truly who bears the the brunt of this blame you know because bottom line is that this happened under their watch and you know the whole thing where bob myers was getting choked up and people were saying oh you know crocodile tears i don't blame i don't i don't buy the yeah you yeah. know um i i don't know if i have an opinion either way i i could see why people would think that's kind of fake but regardless like even with all that it doesn't matter that's just how the life works is that like just like how you know um bob myers and that front office people won't people didn't say this because when you get a lot of success all of a sudden you get undue credit you know people will praise you for being this revolutionary forward-thinking franchise when in actuality i will say this like they stumbled a lot upon a lot of these moves on accident you know the whole monte ellis versus steph curry that was a very real real thing yeah so you know a lot of things were kind of fortunate and fell on their laps but here we are here we are we were like praising the front office saying it's just such a like uh model franchise and front office right so they got all the credit when they were winning mm -hmm. but now kevin durant goes down and you know what now they're gonna get all the criticism and that's that's just kind of how it works yeah you know? i mean i like bob myers yeah. you know i think uh i will still give the front office a ton of credit for what they created <clears throat> what they've you know, accomplished with, with this dynasty um i would still love him to be uh, a part of the lakers front office sure still. Yeah. i mean overall polinka that's for sure you know and for me personally it's like he's he's a ucla alum i'm a ucl alum so i'm gonna you look at him, him you know positively root for him in, in a sense in in that degree but he he said you know you can't really blame anybody. I, I feel like he's kind of um, 
uh, e- evading responsibility a little bit. I mean, he did say yeah. if you had to blame someone, yeah. you, could, you can blame me. No. But uh, it's, to me, no matter how you slice it, no matter how you believe things played out, it is on the front office for what 100%. happened. 100%. You and know, you, you can't help but to think that it was a <clears throat> somewhat of a selfish move on the part of the Golden State Warriors because let's yeah, let I, me ask you a question, okay? Sure. If the Warriors front office was 100% confident that Kevin Durant was going to re-sign with them long-term, do you think things would have played out differently? No, I don't think so. I I mean, yeah, I think it would have played right. differently and I, and yeah, I don't that had a huge bearing as to why they wanted right. to do that. So part of them has to feel like this is our last bit of KD that we can use. So let's put him out there. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, I, you know, you mentioned about Bob Myers and and how he, you know, he had that heartfelt press conference and he's he, he totally circumvented the whole like if you had to blame someone, you know, it's just such a cop out answer that he gave, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, like it, it's, I'm gonna say this, right? Like players will always, especially the really good ones, especially the really competitive ones, they're always going to want to play. And it's, that's the thing. It's the job of the front office. It's the job of the coach. It's the job of everybody in the decision, decision making, uh, you know, group to make sure that the player safety is the most important thing, you know? And that's. That they, they failed in that capacity. You got to be able to step to your players and protect them from themselves. Right. Need be. Which is, now that we're looking back at, like, let's say, like, what happened to Kobe, I feel like Mike D'Antoni d- didn't have the balls to be like, Kobe, you got you to gotta rest <clears throat> a little bit. Because true. Kobe was the type that wanted to play every game, you know, and when he tore his Achilles, he was on some crazy kind of run where he was playing like excessive minutes, consecutive games. Especially for that body. That- this was the pre-load management days. So he was, you know, going all out to, to make the playoffs. And then um, yeah. if, you, if you go back and look at the game where he tore his Achilles, um, he was just getting beat up. And it, he almost looked like he had a knee, a knee injury before he tore his Achilles, if you remember. All right. So he was just uh, all used up. And, uh, you know, with Kevin Durant, a lot of people are pointing to now that how he was averaging like 40 plus minutes a game against the Houston Rockets, which kind of led to the initial injury. They're calling it a calf injury, but it's, it looked like an Achilles. Yeah, I think, Reggie right? Miller, I think Reggie Miller actually initially said that that's what he thought it was in Houston. In that- yeah. Yeah. In that Houston game. Because it was a non-contact injury, and then right. there's photos of Kevin Durant um, with ice on his leg, and yeah. the ice is like, <laughs> people are like, I didn't know a calf goes that low in somebody's <laughs> leg, you know? It's like right on his heel, so. Yeah. It, to me, I feel like it was always an Achilles issue. Yeah. And then, you Which, know, if that's the case, that's, again, that's a huge black eye on the franchise. Right. It's a super huge black eye. Um and now KD has to pay the price. It's it's kind of funny because he he came to Golden State and you know by and large was vilified for that move. And now he's got a lot of he's are, got a lot of points for that. People are you know looking at him with a lot more sympathy now. Yeah, that he uh, sacrificed himself 
to go put himself back out there and then re-injure re his Achilles. So, uh, best of luck to KD. I, I do personally feel bad for, you know, what what happened for him. Um, yeah, you know, I, it's it'll be very interesting to see how this plays out. And it'll be interesting to see how much... You know, because when you, when you are a franchise-caliber player... Um, and you are up for these once-in-a-lifetime contracts. It's it'll be interesting how much he's going to lose, you know, because these these contracts are massive. Yeah, I mean he's he's an all-timer yeah. in his prime. Yeah, which is uh, I think he's I mean we'll get to that later, but I think he's he'll still get a max contract um, somewhere. But uh, before we <clears throat> there's so there's you know we started off with the KD Instagram post and there's a ton of ripple effects. That are gonna come with that but let's now like those movies let's start back at where we left off so i think the last podcast uh that we recorded the nba finals was at 1-1 now that there have been three games that have been played uh seems like home court advantage is null and void at this point yeah. The road team has won every game since our last podcast. Taco Bell is in shambles, you know, because I think they had a promotion about like a free taco for any game that a home team loses. Oh, really? So, yeah. Wow. So, is this a <laughs> is this a nationwide thing? I didn't hear I about think so, this. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, so Taco Bell is just <laughs> millions of tacos out the door right there for Taco Bell because uh, Toronto. To the shock of just about everybody, went to Oracle and took the two games there. Yeah, it's been the Kawhi Leonard show, basically. Oh man, um, continuing on his, uh, you know, taking over the entire NBA playoffs. I mean, he's been lights out, incredible. And then uh, this game five, where Kevin Durant got injured, I gotta say that it's. Probably going to be one of the more memorable games in NBA history. It's so much happened. It was such a bizarre and the the pendulum swing of outcomes. It, it just like <clears throat> there's so much that was in the balance. Uh, Kevin Durant went down, and then the Warriors had a lead going into the fourth quarter, and then Kawhi Leonard had his career-defining signature run at the time when we thought that that was gonna what was gonna happen i think he scored like 10 points in a row down the stretch in the fourth quarter the raptors had a six-point lead with about like two minutes left i think i mean Kawhi looked like michael jordan yeah it, he looked like michael jordan he couldn't there. be stopped <laughs> and you have you have very good wing defenders on the warriors like clay thompson andre Iguodala. Yeah. And yet they had no answer for Kawhi, so it looked like um it looked like a coronation actually of yeah. uh, an all time great. And then uh, a lot of people now are uh, blaming Nick Nurse for that. Time <laughs> I saw that. Called, I saw that. Which at the time I don't know what your what your thoughts on that were, but yeah. when he called that timeout, like I didn't it didn't uh, register at the register time. that it was like a really bonehead move yeah i mean and also i think i i mean i heard reports that Kawhi was pretty damn exhausted 
Nas Which Parliament. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he so was, I don't like right. doing everything. He was yeah, he was exerting at max capacity for like I don't know five straight plays. So I I I can't really blame him for that um, because you know when when that streak of shots was stopped when he missed that last shot. Yeah, it was like a really short three. Like it it uh, hit the front of the rim, and I think he looked gassed. Yeah, yeah you. So you, the last podcast, uh, I think I talked about. Kawhi and LeBron, and I was saying like, "Oh, Kawhi's probably a better scorer than LeBron." And <clears throat> you said something like, "LeBron, but LeBron can hit some fuck you threes." Yeah, Kawhi was hitting fuck you threes in that stretch. I mean, he was hitting fuck you shots just like everywhere. all over the yeah. place. Yeah, yeah, uh, but it's understandable if he was tired because he was doing it all. So they call that timeout, and then that uh, was the game. Yeah, and then Golden State proceeds to get a couple of uh, good three-point looks. Yeah. You know, the Splash Brothers, the greatest shooting backcourt of all time. They yeah. Hands down. Came through and took that game. Uh, I have well, I to bring s- up... Yeah, go ahead. I have to bring up a, a player that is much maligned on this podcast. <laughs> um, one uh, Kyle Lowry. He uh, let's just say he didn't have a good uh, he didn't have a good fourth quarter, you know. Um, he had a crucial turnover down the stretch, and then you know, I'm I, I'm I'm gonna ask you a question. I know the answer already, but I want you to say it anyway. When when the ball swung around in that last possession, and it swung around to the corner, and it ended up in Kyle Lowry's hands. And oh. he took that three. Uh, I, I, I what turned, was your level of confidence? I turned the TV that? off as soon as that happened. I yeah. knew the Warriors won. I turned the TV off. I mean, it ended up that Draymond Green got a piece of the ball. Well, Which is a little bit of a saving I, grace for him. Now, I would bet that Draymond tipping it got the shot closer to the basket. Otherwise, well, it, hit, <laughs> it hit the side of the backboard. It looked that's really how, fucking bad. That's how bad Kyle Lowry is. In the, uh, yeah. So that um, ruined uh, a storybook ending for the Raptors. And now it's 3-2. We're going back to uh, Oracle Arena tomorrow for game six. Um, I think the odds makers are still favoring Toronto. To win the series. To, to win the series. Yeah. I, I have to give it to Toronto, too. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Toronto. You know, there was a point... In game five, I think it was in the first quarter where I kind of came to the realization that, wow, we've been sleeping on this Toronto Raptors team for a long time. At least I have been. And this team is legit, like, really, really good. And good enough to win the, win the whole thing. Like, good enough to hang with the Warriors, sans KD, of course. Yeah. But hang with the Warriors and go toe-to-toe because that whole game... The Warriors look like their unbeatable selves. They were hitting shots. They were doing all kinds of things. Like the the number of threes that they were making, it I just felt would have been so backbreaking and psychologically just it just would have I feel feel like we would have killed any other team. They were twenty for forty two from three. Amazing. Yeah. But but the whole time Toronto they didn't look rattled at all. And what felt like it should have been like a 20-point lead, it was only like a 6-7 lead the whole time. And so 
I was watching this game and I was like, holy shit. Like, I even thought actually the Raptors were still going to win because they just have this feeling about them that they they don't get rattled. They're, well, other than Kyrie Lowry. You know, you take out Kyle Lowry, I feel like this that team can, they can hang. No doubt. So Okay, I, I'm going to differ from okay. you in that regard. I, I think it's just the power of Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Honestly. Wow, really? Well, come on. I mean, here's like... Um, Serge Ibaka has been money. Yeah, yeah. Marcus Sol has been money. Siakam has, a lot, has had a lot of um, you know, positive spots here and there. You know, he's been a little inconsistent, but he's, he's been... Uh, He's been a he's actually kind of a mismatch nightmare. I feel like those guys are a little bit more hit or miss though. Gasol and Danny Green and Siakam. Yeah. Um I mean definitely not. I will give you I will give you Serge Ibaka though. I I like if yeah. I'm a Raptors fan, I'm I feel good about him on the Van court. Vliet? Yeah, I feel good I feel way better <laughs> <laughs> than uh way better with Van Vliet than Kyle Lowry. You know. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I gotta give I feel like I need to give this team a lot more credit. But it and, does none of this works without Kawhi Leonard though. Well here's the thing though, like you know, Kawhi Leonard was he wasn't shooting very well in game five up until that last, you know, two, three minutes of the game. Yeah, I mean don't you think though that there's like a psychological aspect of having that guy on your oh, side? No though? doubt. No doubt, for sure. For like sure. If, like if uh if we're playing this series right now and you put in DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard, I wonder how these other guys would perform, <clears throat> you know, yeah. with that switch. Yeah, no, that's... And I'm not trying to shit talk DeMar DeRozan, who's a fine player, but... Top 40 it's, player. It's just not... He's just not Kawhi Leonard. Sure, Yeah. sure. Um, yeah, but I think just cohesively as one unit, as a team, like, I... They're, yeah, they're a very well-assembled roster. For, for sure. sure. Yeah, um, they got a good combination of uh, wing players and bigs. So it's a well-assembled roster. Yeah. yeah, all I'm saying is I gave them zero chance to win this series. Mm-hmm. And especially having let Game 2 slip away um, to make it 1-1. I, I kind of called off the route. I said, this team is dead, right? But yeah. I got to say, I don't know. I, I, think, uh, I think they're still going to take it. Well, it's funny so. because... You know, you would say that Game 2 was kind of a devastating loss for the Raptors. Right. You would also say that Game 5 was a devastating loss for the Raptors, yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. So but it's like, can this? if this team could withstand two devastating losses like that, then you gotta it's get, pretty clear it that is, yeah. they are the better team if they pull this out. Yeah, and they have the mental fortitude. Like, you got to have that mental aspect of it down to win an NBA championship, you know? Yeah. Well, they're going back to Oracle for Game 6, and... Well, I mean, how do you feel about the the Raptors' chances of closing it out tomorrow? I think they can do it. You think so? Yeah, I think they can do it, yeah. You're telling me that the Warriors are going to shoot better than, what, 20 to 42? It's possible. But I just think that the the, the Raptors right now, they feel like they can hang with these Warriors, you know? Yeah. Uh, So. I mean, I know that. The Warriors have dropped all of their home games so far, but I mean there is home court advantage. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, I'm saying is this that- is a team that, like as as much as you as much as we're praising Toronto right now, I'm not gonna look at this like oh this is we're on the verge of like a, a, a crazy run 
for a franchise. Like, if if Toronto wins the finals, it's to me it's it's going to be more of like a one and done. Oh, without situation. a doubt, yeah, yeah, for so sure. I don't think we're even a, if Kawhi would resign. Yeah, I, I think it's a one. I and don't done. think it's like we're on the precipice of a, a, no. another incredible run here. No, you know and I think I mean? they're and I think they'll be I think they'll be just fine with that. Right. Yeah. I think they'll be just right. fine with just. So with that one. said, it's like a team like that that a team like that to be able to close out the NBA Finals is a daunting task. Huge task. For a roster like that. Yeah. And to be able to do that on the road is going to be very difficult. And yeah. I got to say that the NBA conspiracy theorist in me <laughs> is that my, my spidey sense is tingling right now that, you know, I know the league really wants the game seven, <laughs> you know, so yeah, I would definitely factor give, that in as well. Yeah, know? I would definitely give the edge to the Warriors for Game Six. Um, all I'm saying is I wouldn't be surprised if Toronto wins. I feel like I I wouldn't be uh, shocked. I'd be surprised if Toronto won uh, Game Six. Yeah. Uh, game Seven, that's anybody's game. And then I, then you know when it, if it goes to seven, then I wouldn't be surprised either way what happens there. Um, but yeah, it's been. It's been a breath of fresh air these NBA finals because you know what we've been seeing in recent years have been basically snooze fests, you know. Yeah. But this is a very compelling series. It sucks kind of cuz now I'm I'm a little invested <laughs> in the series like I want to see Yeah, what I mean what are, what do you want to see? These next two games, one or two games, what's your <clears throat> ideal scenario here? Well, I've 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 actually kind of grown to be a Kawhi fan, I would say. Yeah. Like, even if Kawhi doesn't make it to the Lakers, I still feel like Kawhi has made me a fan. Um, yeah, because there's just something about playing at a level where you're just, you know, where you're, it takes your breath away. Like, his little 10 point run, it took my breath away. I was like, this is incredible. I've never, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it in the finals. And, I don't know when was the last time we saw something like that. You know, I, I LeBron maybe. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, I so I think I think some of this has to do with his um, his game. So you know, you and I were we're we're not spring chickens anymore. You know what I mean? We're not, <laughs> Speak for yourself, we're, we're man. Not, uh, <laughs> you know, we're 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 not little kids anymore. We're grizzled veterans. And right. uh, there is a thing out there called old man game. Right. And I think as we get older, we appreciate players <clears throat> that have old man game. And if you want to look up old man game in a dictionary, there's going to be a picture of Kawhi Leonard's face there. <laughs> He's like the ultimate old man game, you know? Yeah, it's so, and it's fascinating too because this is a guy who's got all the physical tools, yet he's not incredibly athletic. You know what I'm saying? Right. He has measurables. Incredible wings. Incredible wings measurables. Probably like the historic. Most, the most famous hands in the NBA. In the world, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's an historic uh, measurables kind of player. Like, he's, he's up there with Kevin McHale. You know, Kevin McHale, they, they, they say his, his arms were so fucking I mean, long. He's, the, he's a legend. He's a wingspan <laughs> legend right yeah, there. Yeah, his arms were so long. Like, he was, like, dragging them on the ground. Like, that's how fucking long his wingspan was. Uh they say Jerry West's uh, arms were ridiculously yeah. long. Um, so, yeah, you know, there's a whole pantheon of, like, 
NBA players, you know, they talk about certain measurables. And Kawhi, he has all of them. He's got the wingspan. He's got the arms. He's got the hands. Um, and, you know, you know, God was just kind of like, well, let's just make it a little fair. Because if he had gotten the, the you know, the like vertical. If he had like a 40-inch vertical. Yeah, if he had the vertical too. Unfair. It would be so unfair. It would be so fucking unfair. He would actually be Jordan then. He would be Jordan. Yeah. Actually, maybe even better than Jordan. Because... I think he has bigger hands than Jordan. Yeah. You yeah. know? He's bigger than Jordan. And he's yeah. bigger than Jordan. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, so that, that, yeah, that's the thing. Like, watching him play this whole series, you know, and you can't help but root, root for the guy because, you know, he's a very different style of basketball player or even professional athlete that's out there right now where typically the, uh, a superstar player will have a lot of bravado and be like, Almost, you know, some people will even say arrogant. Yeah, you know, I mean, a lot of trash you know, talking. these kids these days are feeling themselves. Right, time, right, you know, right, and and you know, um, right, and you, I think there's some players, some young up and coming players that kind of rub you the wrong way with these guys too. You know, oh, yeah. like oh yeah, <laughs> but you know, Ka- Ka- Kawhi Leonard is is not that player. He, you know, he's very different. So I I found myself just becoming a a Kawhi stand during this whole series so um i gotta say I, i'm i'm rooting for the guy and i'm rooting for the for for him to win another one um at the end of the day i mean obviously would love to have him on the lakers but um you know just in itself right now like i just i've really just kind of been like wow this this guy what you're watching an historic player you know yeah so the, this whole time for me how I've wanted things to shake out with these NBA finals has all been contingent on like what is the best case scenario for you know obviously for Kawhi to end up with the Lakers right this summer right honestly I don't even fucking know at this point like yeah what, what's gonna happen you can make an argument for if they win or if they lose right whatever I, mean, I don't think anybody knows really so take that out of the equation and I gotta say, I've been back and forth because, you know, initially I was hoping the Warriors win because I felt strongly that by Toronto winning, then that would increase their chances of re-signing Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, thereby lowering the Lakers' chances. So I started off rooting for the Warriors or hoping that they won. I don't want to say root. That's a little bit too strong of a word. <laughs> hoping that they would win. I was looking for that result. Um, but now that it's like, I don't, nobody knows, dude. Honestly, so at this point, and seeing how the Warriors front office fucked over Kevin Durant, I feel like they need some karma to get back at them. And so I am hoping for Toronto to take this now at this point. Yeah, and you know, they they kind of resumed their whole evil empire, uh, you know, mantle, don't you think? The Warriors yeah. in the front. I think it's yeah. just another like you know this this franchise is just you know, um, and you know and also on top of that too like everyone's saying how it's karma for Toronto because they booed or they cheered when Kevin Durant went down. Oh right, yeah. You know I first of all, yeah, that's a really shitty thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you, and I think someone posted this too on Twitter. Actually, I, I didn't I didn't take a look at it, but. I guarantee you, if Kawhi went down in Golden State, I 
guarantee you that the the Golden State Warriors fans would be cheering their asses off too. Yeah, there's I mean there's a couple of things to point out here. So first of all, sports fans are by nature illogical and shitty and emotional and emotional. Yeah. So that's what you saw in Toronto that that small portion of their fan base is like that's every fan base, honestly. It is. And it's a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. You know? So, um, to to paint a broad stroke that all Toronto fans are like that is just ridiculous and stupid. Yeah. Secondly, have you been, I, I don't know if you've been to Canada before, but I've been to Canada and there's you know the reputation that Canadians are like super nice or right. whatever. I feel like it's fucking true just yeah. based on my time there. Yeah. Canadians are, you know, way nicer than Americans. <laughs> I gotta say. For sure. So to think that the overall Toronto Raptors fan base is like cheering Kevin Durant's injury, that makes it even more ridiculous because yeah. we know how Canadians are. <laughs> you know? They're nice people. <laughs> sure. I mean, even Drake was very aggressively upset over that injury. Which yeah, you I know. Thought, I, I don't know. Between all, him and Bob Myers, yeah, I don't know who like, wins the cro- be- who, I don't know who wins the who, Oscar yeah, for best who wins, actor. Who wins? Who gets the Crocodile Tears award yeah. between those two guys? I don't you know. know. I saw a meme. Someone saying, uh, someone posted that Drake re- reaction to uh, Kevin Durant going down. It was, you know, my reaction when my friend. Uh, cancels on me on an outing that I never really wanted to go. <laughs> I really wanted to go out. So <laughs> that was hilarious. Drake, by the way, is like one of the. Uh, well, for me anyway, it's one of the one of the factors that led me to kind of hope that the Warriors would win. Oh yeah, bit. he's obnoxious, man. He's yeah. obnoxious. Yeah. Oh. I don't know how other people. <clears throat> I, I wonder how Toronto Raptors fans feel about Drake as their number one. Raptors fan. That other guy is a much better fan. Um, you know the Raptors fan that's been to every game? What's his name? The um, No. The uh, He looks like Pakistani or something something like that. Don't know. There's, there's a super fan. Uh, he's not famous. He's just known as Well, he's famous fan. now because... Because he's a super fan. Yeah, because oh. he's been to every single Raptors game in franchise history. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. I gotta look up this guy's name because... He's like the ideal fan, I feel like. That's insane. Um, okay. So I gotta give, I gotta look up his name because I wanna give him his props. Um, yeah, so exactly. But, you know, I think the whole thing is a little over, overblown and, you know. Nav Bhatia. He's an Indian Canadian super fan. Okay. He's been to every single Raptors game. That's ever been played in that's Toronto. That's insane. That's a lot of money, actually. Yeah, I mean, he must be doing well for himself uh, <laughs> financially. So, shout out to you, super fan. So, hopefully, the Raptors will win one for him. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, you know it's it's getting there. But you know, and I was thinking about it too. You know, because you 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 briefly touched upon it about how, you know the likelihood of Kawhi Leonard probably staying with Toronto. You know, if the Raptors were were to win it all. Yeah. I think it's possible that he will still leave. You know? I think so too. Because, you know, one, he's just a weird guy. He's a, I'm not going to say weird, but he's a very unique guy. And the fact is that if he were to bring a championship to Toronto and he left, 
he would still be revered as a fucking sports hero. It's the best parting gift you could ever give. Yeah, to he's he'll still be just beloved in that city for the rest of his life. Like after all the shit that uh, went through went on between LeBron and Cleveland, he gifted them a he gifted them a championship. The very and next year. The very next year. The city can't say shit to LeBron. No, you know. No. So that's like very similar. You know. Yeah. Like, so a quiet situation. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I thought about that, and I, and that's another reason why I'm rooting for the Raptors because I feel like he'll still he could if he's if he was determined to leave, he would he would leave even even if he were to win a championship. Yeah, and so. uh, we know that um, it gets cold in Toronto, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we also know that Kawhi doesn't like the cold, so. You know, keep that in mind too. That is very you know, important. If is champion very... or not, it's still going to be cold in the wintertime in Toronto. That's right. That's very so, important, man. I mean, that's that's always going to be there, and uh, it doesn't. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I, it's we can only speculate at this point. Yeah. You know, um, it's it's funny though, like because he's he so he's one of the free agents, marquee free agents for this upcoming summer. Mm-hmm. And I get a sense that all, all of these media experts are like pretty locked in in their minds of like where people are going to end up. Okay. Um, so we started this podcast with the Kevin Durant injury. I mean, I feel like that has major implications with how this summer is going to shake up now. Let's start with him. What do you think he's going to do at this point now? Is he still gone? I feel like he's gone now, even more so than before. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think it's a huge, the huge question is whether he blames the front office, I feel like, you know? Let's, like, like, like let's look at this thing of it this way. Let's say he goes, he looks around, right? And he's wondering where he should, where he should sign. And... He can't get the max. You're saying he will get the max. I don't know if he will or not, right? But let's say, it, I think it's possible that he won't get the max, right? What did you say? It's possible he will not get offered the max. Uh, I feel like, no, I would say that that's like a 1% chance. Wow, really? That's interesting. Would, okay, would you, give, would you offer him a max deal right now? No, I, I wouldn't. You wouldn't? No. Damn. I mean, how old is this guy? He's uh, when he's healthy. I think he's thirty-one. When he when he's healthy and ready to take the court, how old will he be? Thirty-two. Okay, thirty-two. Coming off of a Achilles. True. That is, I'm not touching him at all. Okay, well, let me uh, let's put it this way. Because another thing too is how many players, superstar players, have returned to form off of Achilles? Injury? Yeah, I mean the only like real. Like examples, Dominique Wilkins, and he was he was much later in his prime. Uh, Dominique was, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, yeah. So that I mean, for one, I feel like Kevin Durant is such a skilled player that he he's he's still going to be an amazing shooter, right? True. He's still measurables wise, he's still seven feet tall with a whatever seven whatever wingspan. Right. Uh, 
the only question is is like it, it, is he gonna have that explosion like the explosive like and but I how don't much think, of and I don't think he'll have how that much anymore. of how much of his game is reliant on his explosiveness though that's the question yeah know? I don't know I mean because we saw it ourselves in game five with that little stint that he played it was like he was I don't know what seventy percent of himself and he still was like yeah scored 11 points in 12 minutes yeah maybe he won't be like um the transcendent all-time great yeah version of himself but he would still be like a top 10 player in the league right yeah well yeah and and that's the thing is that for me in this day and age right now and the with the way the nba is is constructed you cannot afford to have an albatross contract. That's true. As as the Lakers have lived that consequence, you know, they've paid for that dearly. You know, they're living that. You know, that's that's why we lost D'Angelo Russell because we were trying to rid ourselves of an al, you know albatross contract in Mozgov. You know, the Luol Deng contract was very painful to shed as well. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that Kevin Durant would be an, an albatross contract. However. The risk of having a contract that could possibly not be its maximum worth, the worth of the contract, is too risky for me, you know, in my opinion. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I think think there are teams that are still going to give him a maximum. Okay, and I I could buy that. Um, So I guess back to my point, though, about Kevin Durant is that if he's... Going around, and let's say he does get a couple of max contract offers. But Golden State says, look, we want, to, we want you to stay here. We want you to finish what you started. And it's kind of like a whole, you know, coming back and making amends of what happened. You know? Yeah. I could see that happening. I could see him coming back to the Warriors. Especially if a guy like Draymond is not, is not back. Yeah, I mean, he's, he technically still has a, another year left on his deal. It's just, right. this was, he had an option to opt out. Which he will, right? I would think he will. Well, the people are saying that he might, because he has a year off uh-huh. now. He has a year that he needs to use to recover. So he might just opt in for this year while he's recovering and oh, collect his $31 million or whatever. Okay. And then hit free agency the next year. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, so but, yeah, I, I think... I don't know what's going to happen with him. You know, and another thing, too, the reason why Kevin Durant would make sense in Golden State is that, you know, if we're pretty 99.9% sure that Clay Thompson is going to re-sign with the Warriors, right? Yeah. So you have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson still in the fold, right? Yeah. Kevin Durant doesn't have to be that transcendent star. He yeah. can still be there with his Achilles injury on his resume right and still be super effective you know and you won't see that huge like uh dependency of him needing to be the kevin durant of old yeah but yeah yeah, i i get that but i i do feel like he's the type of guy that doesn't like i feel like it does bother him that the warriors are steph's team you know Mm. what i mean I feel like he is the type that wants to have his own team. Because I think you and I both agree that the Warriors will always be Steph's team. Yeah. You know? 
And so for I don't know that he's going to want to sign up for that. It's possible. To always be second fiddle to, to Steph. It's possible. Um, but yeah, Kevin Durant's injured. So I feel like this has... This kind of changed things for me personally with how I feel like the Lakers should pursue um, their roster moving forward. Okay. Because before... Before Kevin Durant went down, I felt like the nightmare scenario would have been like what? Kevin Durant resign Kevin a uh, healthy Kevin Durant resigns with the Warriors and they still have this like unbeatable team. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's what kind of led us to be like, oh, we need like three superstar players to even hang with them. Right. Well, Kevin Durant's out of the equation now. For at least a year. For at least a year, and that makes the Warriors, as as we have clearly seen in these NBA Finals, they're like a beatable team without Kevin Durant. Which is crazy, by the way, because this is still the 73-9 and nine team. I mean, not quite, but yeah. But the, the well, nucleus okay, so, okay, so what? There. I mean, yeah, what players are they missing, right? Like Harrison Barnes. I mean, he was a good player. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, You know, okay. Iguodala and Livingston were younger, too. Okay. I think they had... You might laugh at this, but they had Fessizili on that team. Oh man, he's much I, better I than he's much better than whatever the hell they have now. All right, all right. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. So I I feel like they're a beatable team now, mm-hmm. and um, that changes things for the Lakers. I mean, the mystique is gone now for sure. Yeah, the mystique is gone, and I feel like all I feel like all the Lakers need now is to pair LeBron with. A certain superstar that really wants to come to LA, and you build around that, and I would go to war with that. Yeah, against the KD-less Warriors team, which is now why we're seeing like today. Today is Wednesday, June twelfth. The the trade talks between the Lakers and the Pelicans have escalated. I mean, it's heating up all over again. Right. You know, it's we're we're it's bringing back shades of February right now. <laughs> Just we're hitting we're hitting F five on our computers. It's F five season long. still. Yeah, and we're trying to see what the latest is with the uh, with the Lakers and the Pelicans, and you know people are re- reporting that the trade talks are escalating. Um, I think I think it was Mark Stein that broke the the news that. The Lakers are currently offering a package that looks like Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and the number four pick. That's a huge package, by the way. That's a massive package, yeah. by the way. And uh, I guarantee you, right now, and I said this amongst our like personal friends, uh, you know, thread. Brandon Ingram is going to average twenty five a game, hands down, if he gets to the New Orleans next year. Soon as next year. I think it'll average over twenty. I don't know about twenty. Oh, it is, twenty-five is a given. With uh, even if they re-sign Julius Randle, yeah, I think so. And have Drew Holiday and Zion Williamson. You think he'll he'll be the leading scorer essentially yeah, on that team? I think so. Yeah. Wow. Um. Okay. Yeah. So there's huge momentum right now on a on a deal, and it's you know. It's being reported. It's Lakers. The Celtics are involved somehow. I'm not even, even worried why. about the Celtics right now. Yeah, it's it's funny that 
the Lakers package gets leaked, but then there's no leakage with Boston's uh, reported, you know, negotiations with <laughs> New Orleans at all. So um, I feel good about. Uh, I feel much better now than before about a trade actually happening. Right. I feel like it's going to get done. But that's an overpay, right? So are you okay with it being an overpay? What's an overpay? Ingram, Lonzo, and a number four pick. Um, <laughs> well, let's, oh, let's put a pin on that. Okay. Because I, um, I wanted to introduce a uh, new segment on our podcast. Oh, okay. okay. All right, all right. Um, <coughs> I want to call this uh, Agree or Disagree. Okay. Yeah. All right. So all I'm right. going to spit out a take. Okay. And uh, you can tell me if you agree or disagree. Um, so the first uh, first take is this. Um, I think this is a very unpopular opinion, but I, I feel like I, I agree with this. Is that uh, Brendan Ingram is better than Pascal Siakam. Oh my gosh. That is a resounding agree. Because I feel like the NBA world, yeah, disagrees with that. It's it's crazy. Pascal Pascal Siakam is a closer, is a much closer finished product. You know, he's twenty five. We can we can see we have a very clear vision of what his ceiling looks like. Yeah, yeah. Siakam is a f- fabulous player, and I think he could he could definitely get better. Um, he certainly looks like an all-star caliber player. Brandon Ingram, at age 21, still averaged 18 points on a absolute sh- just a shit storm of a season, just mired in rumors, trade rumors, just you know um, injuries, just the LeBron factor, all that shit, and he still averaged 18 points a game as a 21-year-old, like three years younger than Pascal Siakam. Four years. Or yeah, three four years younger. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. They're not even in the same no, I'm going to say right now they're not even in the same vicinity in terms of like potential. So yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey. Absolutely. You went there. That's right. I'm in the say same fucking zip code. I, I wouldn't say that they're not in the same zip code. No, I they're mean, not. They're not. I my opinion is they're yeah, I agree. I, I I think Ingram is better than Siakam. I feel like, um, I feel like people are underrating Ingram, and I feel like people are overrating Siakam a little bit. They're saying some folks think he's going to be All NBA next year. No, that's not happening. No. Um, Let me tell you what's going to. But ha- I feel like they're you know he's a really good player. Yeah, but let me tell you what's going to happen next year once. And I feel like it's it's very close to happening. Once Ingram gets traded and he ends up on New Orleans, people are gonna say, "Wow, Ingram was so good. What did? Why did the Lakers trade him?" They're gonna say that. They're gonna say they overpaid for Anthony Davis, and it was still a good trade. It'll still be a good trade because we got Anthony Davis. Both yeah. things could still be true. We overpaid for him, but we still got Anthony Davis. You know who's a transcendent transcendent talent yeah you know yeah. um i'm not gonna say brandon ingram's a transcendent talent but he's definitely got superstar potential you know and as soon as next year people are gonna 
They're going to clown the Lakers because the Lakers, there are fans, haters out there that love to clown the Lakers. They're going to clown the Lakers for giving away a talent as as huge as Brandon Ingram. But we yeah. knew. We, I'm, I, this is me knowing that he's amazing. He's got an amazing talent. He's got all this potential. But it's the price you pay for getting Anthony Davis. So I mean, I think he's going to be a star. Um, superstar? I'm, I'm still... It's on the sure table, though. That. Yeah, it's on the table. Yeah, yeah. it's on the table. But I th- I'm pretty confident that he'll be an all-star. Player. Yeah. Okay. So next. next so we both we both agree on that. Um, the second, one, the next one, uh, <laughs> something that we just touched on. Um, the Laker Laker fans are overrating the young core. <laughs> uh, I I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with that. You know, they overrate Lonzo Ball. They overrate Kyle Kuzma. Um, it's it, Overrate Brandon Ingram? No. Nah, Brandon, <laughs> is, Brandon Ingram is rated just... In fact, we He's are underrating... underrating yeah, we're underrating Brandon Ingram. So, um, yeah, it's true. I, 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 definitely, I definitely think the fans are... Because there's a huge divide between how Laker fans view the young core and how the mass sports media views the young core. Right. It's like night and day, you know, yeah. for, for Laker fans, it's like Lonzo's untouchable. Why are we even like, you know, yeah, people throwing will, him in there. Yeah. People will say just as Lonzo. Long as, as long as we keep Lonzo. <laughs> you know. It's crazy. Yeah. But it's on crazy. the flip side, it's like, I feel like, a lot of the sports media thinks this young core is trash, which yeah, you know, the truth like is, lies somewhere. Correct. Yeah, too. the truth lies somewhere in between. You know, in the middle. Yeah, so, but you do feel like the Laker fans are overrating the young core. Yeah, I, I, I mean, mean I kind of feel like that. A yeah, little bit too. I totally agree. I totally think so, and I think like <laughs> because this so, this this tra- okay. So going back to this trade package of yeah, Ingram. So what's being reported right now is that. The current offer is Ingram, Lonzo, and a number four. But the Pelicans also want Kakuzma. And there's like a little... It's like a little bit of disagreement in the package. Yeah. So, I think you would still do Ingram, Ball, and number four, right? And I still think and you that's would a also... Huge and I still think you would also do Ingram, Ball, Kuzma in number four. Right? Would you? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that's that's a really painful deal. Um, that's a huge overpay. Huge overpay, but sure. Are you saying I mean, it's I wouldn't an overpay blame... because of Ingram? Yeah. 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 Because I feel like Ingram and Lonzo Ball in itself, those two, is a better package than anything any other team can offer. Right. You know? I mean, for some reason, you know, Jason Tatum is still like, it's it's crazy. a guaranteed a guaranteed superstar. Yeah, you know, uh, but that's that's the current situation with yeah. uh, these negotiations right now. Um, the next, I one, mean, let's hold on. Had we won the lottery though, a number one and Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma should be more than more than suffice, right? Well, if we won the lottery, um, 
It would be so tough to even trade that number one because I feel like Zion is such a... He's a guy you have to keep. It's such a must, yeah. Because we have, we have LeBron of old and now the LeBron of new. <laughs> we have kind Le- of, LeBron James like, in version 2.0. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, Zion is like that good of a prospect in my eyes. Okay. Like you can't go wrong with them. Um, okay, the next one. We kind of touched on this. Um, agree or disagree? Um, Bob Myers is tearful presser was inauthentic (laughs) you know what uh i'm gonna agree with that i you can convince i don't have a strong opinion either way you can convince me that he was not but i i you know i just something about it just felt kind of (laughs) disingenuous people were uh people were noting that he was getting choked up but there were actually no tears coming out of his eyes yeah (laughs) Uh, I I agree in a sense that I feel like he was emotional, but not for the reason, not for like out of genuine sadness for <laughs> Kevin Durant. He was emotional that they that they lost their uh, chance the, yeah. at a championship. The, Holy that they lost shit! Their that is that's even more uh, cold blooded. And that they he fucked up basically. Right. Oh like, yeah, he felt bad about fucking up. Okay. Yeah, but this. Kevin Durant is the most misunderstood guy and like yeah, that, just like feeling really bad for him as a person. Yeah, just I wasn't buying that. I wasn't buying that either. No. Okay, so we both kind of agree. Uh, agree or disagree? And I think I know your answer to this one. Steph is unclutch. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. He's unclutch. Yeah. I I, uh, I listed this one out because um, it's so interesting. He let me just let me just give you his stat line for this last game. Right. Thirty-one points. Sure. Eight rebounds, seven assists. Um, ten for twenty-three from the field, five for fourteen from three. He was a leading scorer for the Warriors. He did hit one of the big three big threes down the stretch. He did. Yet at the same time, and we've been harping on this for like for a while now. He how many turnovers did he have? Four turnovers okay. led the team in turnovers. Uh, yeah, I mean he did have some careless. He's really careless, reckless with the basketball. Extremely. Um, if I'm a Warriors fan, like. Well, I don't want to say that, but um, I think we look at players in crunch time playoff moments, and we admire those that are able to rise to the occasion. elevate their game right. more than what they're normally capable capable of. of. Sure, a guy like Robert Ory comes to mind, or Clay Thompson comes to mind. Steph doesn't strike me as that type of player. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say he's unclutch. Like if he's if he's if he had Kyle Lowry's look at the end of that game, I would still feel like he could like. There's a good chance good he could about go. him making that shot. Sure. Okay. But in terms of rising to the occasion and elevating your game, I don't feel like he's like that type necessarily. Well, I, the way I can answer this question. That you just post. Agree or disagree. If you're an opposing team. 
you fear Clay Thompson more than Stephen Curry? In terms of like an open, like a in terms any, of just a crucial shot. Take? In terms of a crucial shot. Yeah, yeah, I would. I, would, I mean, yeah. There's your answer right there. Yeah. You know. But is that a knock on Steph, or is that more of a praise to Clay Thompson? I would say it's a little bit of both. Yeah. You know, because if you were to say, "Well, I fear both," you know, well, you know, they're they're both equally fearful. You know. Yeah. When 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 Clay. Did that chalk fake and Kawhi flew by him, and then he took that. It was like you just knew it was gonna go in. Yeah, right? I, I expect every one of his shots to go in. And when I look at the box score and I see that he's missed shots, I don't even know. Like I'm trying to recollect in my mind when he missed those shots, and I can't remember. He was he was a uh, nine of twenty one for that game, but he was seven of thirteen from three. I mean, that's yeah, that's crazy. It's he's it's actually kind of amazing what he's doing right now because it looked like he was gonna be severely hampered after that after that injury. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is he that didn't miss a beat. This is a guy who deserves a max contract solely because he is such a proven commodity when the chips are down, such a proven commodity in the playoffs in the most important stage. Yeah, because if you look at his stats, it's nothing. You're not you're not overly impressed at anything. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, he's uh, he's slated to be in Space Jam 2. So <laughs> he's coming to L.A. for I the mean, summer. There you know, go. There you go. Happen. There you go. Uh, no, but I think he's going to stay with uh, Golden State for sure. Yeah. Okay, I think that was all the agree or disagrees that I had. Um, there was one I wrote down about um, <laughs> Kyle Lowry shouldn't be on the court. Uh, <laughs> Stretch. You can file that under no shit. No but, shit, Sherlock. What what I would say though, if I'm if I'm a Raptors fan, is that I would be okay with Lowry on the court. It's uh I'd rather have Van Fleet run the point though. Sure. The, because the, I feel like down the stretch they're doing um they're doing Lowry and Van Fleet as the backcourt, right? Down the stretch. Yeah. And they're still giving Lowry the ball to facilitate, to run, set up the plays and everything. But uh, I would give that to Van Fleet. Well, the problem with that is that Kyle Lowry, is he needs the ball. Because he's such a small dude. He's such a short guy that he can't. you can't rely on him to be like a spot-up shooter. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's funny. He had... Um, he actually had a decent stat line too himself yeah he was like i have 18 points and six assists on eight for 16 shooting yeah but that boss but it just just, feels like those are i I just don't feel good like him doing anything you know you know in the uh in the workout world what they call that is empty calories (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) that's 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 all that is right candy bar he's a candy bar man candy bar to your diet yeah yeah, I mean, he's not even like a he's not even like one of those healthy health bars, you know. It's uh yeah, I mean, I feel bad for talking so much shit on him cuz he's honestly he's done nothing to to us as Laker fans <laughs> at all, you know. Doesn't deserve the shrapnel that we're uh, shooting his way. But uh man, yeah, it's I can I just know that if I was a Raptors fan, I would be just 
immensely frustrated with him. Yeah, you know, it's and it's so funny because I, I, I was, you know, there was a moment after the game ended where I was wondering if it was just amongst our group of friends because, you know, we have a group chat going where we're like, uh, you know, of our old college or uh, I'm sorry, our old high school buddies where we're just kind of chatting throughout the game, right? Yeah. And we're just shitting on Kyle Lowry constantly through the whole game, right? So after the game, I was just kind of thinking, am I the only one that realizes that Kyle or feels like Kyle Lowry is bad? Is this is this just the only thing exclusive to our group of friends? Lo and behold, I get a phone call from a old college buddy, right? And we're talking about the game, and unprompted, this guy goes, "Dude, Kyle Lowry is so bad. <laughs> like he's so unclutch." Yeah. And that just reaffirmed everything to me because I actually hadn't even talked about the finals with him the whole series and here he was he was just saying how like just kyle lowry is just the worst you know yeah it's um i feel like he's i feel like he is a smart heady player but his his physical attributes just prevent him well he's a guy who's maxed out his ability yeah so I mean, he uh, can't you know. he can't blow by anybody you know he's um i mean people like make fun of his like he's a little pudgy or whatever <laughs> He's got some junk in the trunk. Yeah, he's got some junk, and he's not. Yeah, he's just he's physically he's not uh, one of the. He's on the lower end of the spectrum for point guards in the NBA, I would say, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know if you remember, but I used to be a huge Kyle Lowry fan. I used to be a huge Lowry fan because he's very tenacious on D. He's got a lot of moxie, you know. It's just or so we thought. Well. <laughs> Yeah, but the thing is, it's just that, like you said, though his his talent level is just not quite there to, I think, meet him in his at his at, at most crucial point. Yeah, I mean, I think Van Fleet is more athletic than Lowry. Yeah, and Van Fleet's not even that athletic. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I as a Raptors fan, I would be okay with him on the court, but. Uh, you know, I would rather have Van Fleet run the point, which is, I mean, that that says that says something that I think he's uh, your franchise guy, and we're saying this about him. Yeah. Um, so if the Raptors don't re-sign Kawhi this summer, then they're definitely going back into that pool of mediocrity. I feel like. Yep. So all of their eggs are in that Kawhi basket. Um, but give them a lot of credit. They made this huge calculated risk this off se- this past off season, and it's working out for them. Oh, in it space. paid off big time. And uh, I think they're the leader, according to Vegas, to resign him. So Vegas um, knows, man. Vegas, Vegas knows. knows. You know, just like they're calling the Lakers huge favorites to get Anthony Davis. They know. Yep. They know shit. So yep. um, you gotta. Very, definitely factor that into consideration. Um, but uh, yeah, we have game six tomorrow. Well, I mean, what do you have predictions on what's going to happen? I think the Warriors are going to take it. Yeah. Um, blowout? No, no, I don't think so. I think Toronto's way too good to be. Here's what I if you're if I'm Nick Nurse, I'm carefully monitoring this game and being as objective and realistic as possible. Like if this game gets away. If there's any hints of this game getting away from them, then you gotta put you're gonna Kawhi shut on the shelf. Yeah, you're gonna shut you it gotta down. Yeah, save because he's 
he's definitely not 100% either. Like, he's hobbling through um, these playoffs. So if there's any hint of him or any hint of the Raptors not being able to win this game, then you got to shelve Kawhi and save all of his energy for Game Mm 7. So I'd be interested to see how... um, they monitor Kawhi's minutes tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like you, I feel like Golden State's going to take game six. Let's say it gets to game seven. I would I'll, say. I'd be super pumped to see game seven because yeah. there is nothing. There's no, this is the pinnacle well, as a basketball fan. It's game seven no, of the NBA finals. As they say in sports, there's no sweeter words, two words, than game seven. It's uh, game seven of the finals, too. Yeah. Um, this is where legacies are made. <laughs> this is know? where legacies are made. This is where history is written. Like, this is where narratives are formed. You know. You know, had had the Lakers not won Game Seven in 2010, I'm gonna say that we would not be here right now. This podcast we would, we would, would not, not be, be called... having this podcast. Yeah, I would have hung it up become... as a sports fan. <laughs> that is you true. know, and uh, and Kobe would not be viewed as he is viewed right now. No, no. So. And as much as people want to praise this current Warriors team as a dynasty and a team for the ages and all that, they did lose a Game 7 at home, which I think is a a stain on their legacy. A stain. A black eye of sorts. (laughs) But they would have a chance to redeem themselves like immensely if they were to... Force the game seven and then win a game seven on the road. Yeah. That's probably the hardest thing for... That's like the hardest thing in basketball is to win a game seven on the road. Oh, no doubt. And uh, I'm hoping that it gets to game seven because that would be... Everything would be on the line. You would have... Yeah. uh, You would have the Raptors on the verge of choking a 3-1 lead. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. <laughs> on top of that you have all the individual players is uh you know legacies. their own personal legacies yeah on the line so i would be f- so riveted and fascinated is there just a ton seven. of storylines that will be completed with a game seven yeah and if yeah. there's a game seven i'm definitely hitting the under because as you know those shots get tight. The shows, <laughs> shots are going to get tight. I mean, Game Seven, the Lakers Celtics, that was a eighty-three to seventy-nine. Yeah. And then I think, I think the Warriors Cavs Game Seven. I don't think either team won over a hundred either. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm hitting that under hard if it gets to Game Seven. But uh, we gotta, we gotta see Game Six first. Um, I don't even know what the line on. Um, do you know what the line on Game Six don't is? Know. I'm guessing that the uh, Warriors are. Favored? Oh, I'd be shocked. Let's see. Warriors Raptors game six <clears throat> odds. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the oh Golden State is favored by two and a half. That is. It's actually kind of small. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm telling you, man. The Raptors, do not sleep on the Raptors. I have become a believer. 
Yeah, you're sipping the you're sipping I'm the Kool-Aid. I'm sipping right the now. Raptor Kool-Aid right now, you know? The purple drink, I'm sipping it. I mean I'm definitely sipping the Kawhi Kool-Aid for sure. Yeah. And I think he's that good to be able to carry. I mean he's the straw that stirs a drink, so Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll uh I think, uh, yeah, the next time we have a podcast, there's going to be an NBA champion. There's going to be a newly and, uh, crowned NBA champion. You know, uh, in case you didn't know, I think the draft is next week, too. Uh, well, there's going to be tons of things to talk about. And uh, if the Lakers still have the number four pick by the time of the draft, it's going to be like they're holding their dick in their own hands. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, while that may feel good... Yeah, it's, is, it's, it's not the most productive thing to do. <laughs> you do not want you do not want uh, a Lake, the Lakers to actually have a first round pick. Yeah, this it's upcoming a bad draft. All these little Photoshop jobs of Darius Garland or <laughs> Jarrett Culver as a Laker. That's like, all. That's, that's all bad. from the families. Very bad. That's all from the families of Jarrett Culver and you know Garland. That's yeah. Boston knows. Yeah, unless it's to. Unless it's to draft for another player, you know. But I mean, team. I think an agreement has to be in place. Sure, by that right, time, you know? right, right, right. So, who knows? Maybe later tonight we'll have some news about a trade going down. But um, we're we're on the cusp. It feels like we're getting closer to a Lakers deal. The the some of the media guys that have been shitting and hating on the Lakers. This entire year, they're they're even saying stuff like, "Oh yeah, there's more momentum." Um, you have guys like Woj saying that the Lakers are in yeah. serious talks. I mean that that should tell you because at this point now, no media guy wants to look like they were out of a scoop. Right. If you if you're the one guy who's like, "Well, I don't know," because you really don't know, then you're not gonna look good once this deal goes down. So the fact that everyone's reporting the same thing just goes to show yeah yeah so a lot of uh a lot of fireworks gonna happen in these next couple of a days. lot of smoke so you know where there's smoke there's fire yep definitely something's happened so yeah. something's um, brewing we'll be watching you know the these next games of the nba finals also monitoring the anthony davis situation so i think we can call it a podcast um that said Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we will check in with you guys next time. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to 81 Points. We are a Los Angeles Lakers podcast hosted by me, Chris Lim, and my longtime friend and co-host, Chris Lee. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave a rating or comment. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can get more episodes of 81 Points on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.